All right, this is the Michael Slate Show, and I'm Michael Slate. Yep, I'm back again. And we've got an interesting show today, but first this. There is a broad feeling now among decent people that something is really wrong in this country. But they don't yet recognize that something is really wrong with this country. As the saying goes, true that. This understanding that something is really wrong with this country is what we bring every week on the RNL Revolution Nothing Less show. Looking at and analyzing all the workings of this system, how all this absolute madness is connected to an economic system and a culture that fragments and isolates people from each other into billions of powerless individuals competing against everyone else in a heartless world of winners and losers, rather than a world we could have of freely cooperating human beings, taking care of each other and of nature. This requires science. All right, that was Andy Z, host of the RNL, or Revolution Nothing Less show, on YouTube. Now, at the back end of today's show, we're going to play an important clip from Bob Avakian on American exceptionalism. Now, this is good to hear again as the Summit of the Americas opens in Los Angeles and the U.S. once again portrays itself as the leading example of democracy in the world. Before that, we'll hear some sound and voices from the struggle to defend Roe v. Wade, protests at the Supreme Court and at the Lakewood, Texas Church of the despicable Joel Osteen, and we'll hear from Anna from Rise Up for Abortion Rights in Los Angeles. And opening the show up, we'll hear the opening address by Sansara Taylor at a May 29th webinar for Rise Up. So let's hear Sansara Taylor. My name is Sansara Taylor, and I am a revolutionary. I'm a follower of the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, um, who's the architect of the new communism. I am the co-host of the Revolution Nothing Less show on YouTube. And for many years, from that perspective, I have recognized and been fighting that abortion is central to women's lives and whether women will be treated as full human beings or as incubators, as property of men, as subjugated lesser than uh, uh, oppressed status. And so this has been a fight I've been in, um, learned a great deal over oh, since the 90s when the first abortion doctor was assassinated. Um, and we in Rise Up for Abortion Rights unite people from many diverse political and ideological perspectives. That's a great strength of ours, from the initiators to all of you, and that we are united around a central demand, which is what I want to zero in on, which is stop the Supreme Court Stop the Supreme Court from taking away women's fundamental right to abortion. Forced motherhood is female enslavement, and we need abortion on demand and without apology. And this is profoundly important. Right now, we need to understand that the Supreme Court is on track, as all of you I'm sure know, to decimate the right to abortion, to take it away, to reverse a constitutional right for the first time in US history, a major assault on the masses of people, on the masses of women and girls and on justice overall. This is an atrocity and it must be stopped. It must be stopped because exactly as I said, forcing women to have children against their will is a form of enslavement. Mm -hmm. It shatters lives, it forecloses dreams, it forces women and girls to drop out of school, to lose their jobs, it traps women in abuse, it drives them into poverty, and it tells every woman, 
every part of society, no matter how much privilege she has, and even worse, if she's trapped at the bottom of society and facing multiple barriers, it tells every woman that they are less than fully human in the eyes of the state. And this is something that must not be allowed to happen. And if this happens, it is not the end, it's the beginning. If they are allowed to overturn Roe v. Wade, they're coming for contraception next. They're not leaving the blue states safe. They are coming for LGBTQ rights. They are coming for the lives of our trans youth. They are coming for interracial marriage. They are accelerating the whole fascist and Christian fascist juggernaut, which has been building and mounting for decades, which is now at the brink of success at the Supreme Court. So we need to draw the line. This must be stopped. And what I want to focus my remarks on and what we have a mission to accomplish together here today is that this can be stopped. The attack, yes, the Supreme Court is on track to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yes, that hideous manifesto of misogyny and dark ages thought that was called a draft decision from Samuel Alito is atrocious and makes clear they have a majority if we do not change the political calculus in this country. But it is not a done deal. It is not yet the law. And I want to talk about how we can stop this and what we need to aim, how we need to fight with all we've got to stop it, even in the short time we have. Now, people often say, and I know it's in the chat, and if you can't help yourself and you're going to keep chatting and debating this while I speak, I can't stop you, but I would request that you, we put a lot of thought into this. I would request that you pause and listen. And then we engage in a discussion and a debate on the basis of having had a common presentation. I, I'm gonna address something very serious that very few people see the basis for in society, but has implications of the lives of millions and millions of women and girls and justice overall hangs in the balance, which is that we have to fight to stop this decision from becoming law and how we can. And I wanna say this, if we in our millions in mass, sustained, determined, unrelenting, not just for a day, unrelenting, nonviolent resistance and protest and acts of defiance. If we make clear in word and deed that we will bring the gears of society to a grinding halt before we accept the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we have a shot at stopping this from becoming law. And I don't say this because I'm naive. I don't think we're gonna get inside the hearts and the minds of Clarence Thomas or Samuel Alito or Amy Coney Barrett and win them over. I am not naive that they are very powerful. They are very theocratic. They are very dark ages. And yes, they have built their movement up over decades. They have a cadre of millions of foot soldiers who harass and terrorize women outside every clinic. And they've done it for decades. They have taken over state legislatures. They have captured the federal judiciary from the highest level, very significantly on down. I am well aware, and this movement is well aware of the power they have, which is why we have to be determined not to let them get any more power. If they have the force of the state ripping away the legal right to abortion, do not kid yourself that this will be something we can do a workaround and just help all the women who need to and other pregnant people who need to travel. You can do that for a while and that is righteous, but 
it will be on shrinking ground and the fascists will be on the march, which they have been. We have to draw a line and fight to stop it now. It is far harder to win a right back after it has been lost than to save it and defend it while you have it. So I want you to imagine, and these are reality-based imaginings. I want you to imagine the tens of thousands of predominantly furious, heartsick women who came flooding into the streets, but also men, yes, people of different genders, people who came out into the streets after that draft decision was leaked with tears in their eyes and rage in their heart and terror and fear in their bellies who came out and said, no, I want you to imagine all those people coming back into the streets, not for one day, and then going home and saying, oh, we vented our frustration, coming back and saying no again and again. I want you to imagine all the 10,000 or so who marched with Rise Up for Abortion Rights and inserted into those protests and the ones that we led, not just outrage, but the demand stopped the Supreme Court from overturning Roe. Overturn Roe, hell no. All of them and all the thousands, beautiful, young, righteous, thousands of young students, college students, high school students, middle school students who answered the call we put out to walk out of school and shut down their campuses and grind up and gum up business as usual. Hundreds and hundreds of students walking out from schools all across this country. Yes, in New York and California, righteously, but also in Arkansas. Connecticut, Colorado, Texas, all over, big towns, small towns, red, blue, young people who are saying, we will not let you steal our futures. Imagine them coming back and not just sustaining in small numbers of determined youth, but winning, hold their the entire schools to walk out, entire campuses, and then also going to other sections of society, these young people, not just coming back themselves, but marching to the hospitals at shift change and challenging the nurses and the doctors and the healthcare workers to join us in wearing green and standing up and gumming up the workings of society. Imagine what marching to Broadway when the plays are, when audiences are lining up or the plays are letting out and challenging and struggling with the actors and the audiences to join us. Imagine this spreading. Imagine all the women, the one in four women who's gotten an abortion in her life being aroused to join us in the streets. Imagine if we were going and challenging our beloved artists and public intellectuals and the conscience of society, the voices who carry the conscience of society to stand with us, and they were. And not just voicing their outrage, as important and as righteous as that is, but joining in, joining in saying this must stop wearing the green bandana together with us, the symbol, the very powerful symbol that came out of Argentina, came out of Argentina, where women there went in the streets and did what everybody said was impossible. They went in the streets with fury. They didn't have anybody backing them up and they kept coming back. They kept coming back and they refused to stop and they struggled with people to wake up. And they decriminalized abortion in a very profoundly Catholic, patriarchal, highly repressive society. They tore down those anti-abortion laws and they inspired the women of Colombia who then took up the green bandana, went in the streets and they decriminalized abortion there just this February. This movement, this green wave, this symbol, imagine this being taken up on the stages from, our, from the biggest musicians to the smallest clubs, from all different sections of society showing where they stand. Musicians, actors, 
performers of all kinds. I want you to imagine this green spreading, being a symbol that not just tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, but literally millions of people in this country who hate what's coming, who fear what's coming, who are afraid to look at it because they don't see a way to fight it. Imagine they start seeing this green everywhere and start wearing it themselves. And you start to see, my God, we are legions. There are so many of us. It starts to embolden more action, civil disobedience, nonviolence, athletes speaking out and wearing the green on the court or on the field. Imagine this taking hold and again and again and again and relentlessly. So unignorable, so visible, so powerful and righteous that it can be seen all over the world. We have the power to create a political situation, not where we win over the fascists on the court, but where, we, where they have to recognize, and even the fascists worry about things like this. They have to recognize that if they go forward with taking this right away in the face of that mass opposition, they will lose any shred of legitimacy for their institutions and their system in the eyes of millions and millions around this country and billions around the world. That is what could force them to recalculate. And we have that power. We have that power. That is the power of the people. They are powerful, but they are not all powerful and they are not gods. They might wish they are, they might claim they're on a mission from God, but they are not gods. We have power too, but we are sleeping on our power. Our side is sleeping on its power. And we here today have to dare in a way that most people right now are not ready to and willing to, but we are going to struggle with them too. We need to dare, we need to think big, and we need to dare to bring alive their worst nightmare, which is an inflamed, righteous, uprising, furious, relentless, truth-telling, nonviolent, massive, sustained struggle that says no way. And another key ingredient I want us to take stock in that we have on our side, that they can never have, what we have on our side, and we have seen it, and it has been so beautiful and so inspiring. It's still microcosm, but we need to scale it up. We have seen the power of the fury, the righteous fury of women and girls rising up at this violence inflicted on them, threatened against them by the state, and rising up and uncorking what has been a suppressed burning rage simmering in inside the hearts and the minds of generations of women and girls over centuries, over millennia, at the way they've been treated as less than, treated as punching bags, treated as baby-making machines, treated as sex objects, treated as things to be pimped out, beaten down, disrespected, discounted. And this fury that has come out, and we've seen it, and the young people have talked about it, how righteous, how enlivening it is to be out there and have a place to put their fury, and it's infectious. And many of you watching know what I'm talking about because that's why you are here. Because you have felt this fury and you have found a place for it. And this is a force that can wake up millions. There is a fury seething in the hearts of millions and millions of women and girls that we need to call forward with our daring, with our clarity. And we need to call that forward from everybody who loves justice. And that's a strength on our side that they fear and we must not underestimate. So I am here to say, and we are here to work on together. We are on a mission to stop them 
from going forward. And if we do this, if we bring alive this vision that I'm talking about, which is very realizable because most people don't wanna see this happen. We've all read the polls. We all know this. Most people don't want women forced to have children against their will. Most people know that's barbaric, a 12 year old raped by her uncle and forced by the state to have a child against their will. Most people know that's wrong. We can wake them up and move them to act. That is what we have the power to do, okay? And that's our mission. And if we do that, we could back them up. And if we fail to back them up, but we have brought forward this kind of struggle, we will be in a stronger position to fight forward if they go ahead and take away Roe v. Wade and take away abortion rights. Because if you have an aroused and inflamed, a righteously standing up people, and they are punched in the nose by an illegitimate fascist assault on the lives of and bodies and very humanity of half of society, then that is seen as illegitimate and it can inspire greater struggle and resistance. But if you lie down and let them take this without a fight, it will lead to greater demoralization and defeat. And we are gonna have a fight on our hands either way. So the sooner we get started, the sooner we raise our sights and the more daring we are, the stronger position we're going to be in. A chance to defeat this and the strongest position if we don't. So, and that includes fighting to reverse it and it includes having a bigger sea of people who will help the women and others who need abortions to access them. But the key thing right now is this political battle, this fight and not to give up without a fight, not to say it's over before it's over. Don't let them count us out. So on that basis, I wanna stress there are two shifts, two changes in our attitude, ourselves, each of us tuned in today, each of you watching, and that we have to undergo and we have to lead legions to undergo. And the first is the shift from, I hate what this court is doing. It's barbaric what this court is doing. Oh my God, I wish somebody would do something about this. I can't believe this is happening. The shift from hating it or fearing it to saying, we're gonna fight to stop it. We're the ones. The shift from being a bystander in history, a bystander in a crime against humanity that's about to go down and being active participants willing to be the force that gets in the way and deflects the future onto a different path. We have to get out of the passive seat. I hate this to we will dare. We gotta get from how dare they to we will dare. That's number one. And number two, we have to go further than that even. From we are willing to fight this, we are willing to fight to stop it, to we are going to call on and struggle with others. And we are going to call on others to call on others, to, the, to use their platforms, their influence, their finances, their resources, their skills, their networks, their notoriety where applicable to call others into the fight to stop this. And that is the struggle we have to undergo. We are the ones who are gonna wage that struggle. Riseupforabortionrights.org invites everybody in. But this is the mission that was not being taken up, which is why we started. There was a lot of people preparing for post row. There was a lot of people who didn't know this assault was going on. We said we are gonna stand in the breach and lead a fight to stop this. And there are the forces who could be one to it, but we have to dare to rally them. So that's our mission, that's our orientation. With that in mind, we have a big vision and all of you are part of wrangling with the vision. And when we get into the breakouts in just a few minutes, you're gonna be part of developing this vision. But I wanna give a few elements. A bunch of us, the leaders in this movement have spent the last I mean, the last 24 hours nonstop strategizing and coming up with this and, and the last several weeks kind of 
trying to develop our next steps. And so here's what we are going to um, uh, organize our breakouts around, and you'll hear more about them right before we break out. But one, we want to build on these walkouts that have happened every Thursday. They are so inspiring. Some of you may know about them, some of you may not. They haven't broken into all the media, but they've been very powerful and they have gotten a lot of media. Students have been walking out across this country, mainly high school, but also other ages, every Thursday and others have joined them. And there's been marches this last Thursday. The march took over the Brooklyn Bridge here in New York. It was glorious, it was righteous, no business as usual. But there's also been a challenge. We're getting towards the end of the year. It's coming into finals. It's hard to keep walking out every week. There's smaller numbers. So we wanna shift this from walking out and converging to every school really fighting for school-wide green out and walk out for 19 minutes and 73 seconds, where you get everybody, not all day, but 19 minutes, 73 seconds in front of the school at the flagpole, maybe you raise a green flag or something else, body paint, green up. You walk out, 1973 is the year of Roe v. Wade. And, and what we wanna say is, for 19 minutes and 73 seconds, stop everything to save Roe. And it's a glimmer of stopping all of society to save Roe, but it's building up our muscles and setting an example. So we wanna do this so that it spreads and takes hold and draw, as opposed to winnowing each week, we want it to spread school-wide, institution-wide for a shorter period of time. Um, and we also wanna have this happen in, among the professions and other sections of society. You know, uh, hospital workers, 19 minutes at 73 seconds. Other people who drive buses, maybe they stop for 19 minutes, 73 seconds. Yes, it is 20 minutes and 13 seconds. I see that in the chat, but the poetry of it is 1973 for Roe v. Wade and people can grasp that. Um, but it's bringing society to a halt for 19 minutes and 73 seconds to stop everything to save Roe. And it's the specter of stopping everything. You're doing it for 19 minutes, 73, but you're building up your muscles to do, to do more. So we're gonna have a breakout that goes into this, this, the walkouts on the campuses and green graduations, where this really is the symbol of a generation. What is our future? We're, you're saying we just graduated, the future is ours. Well, what future do we have? What's it gonna count for? We want these graduations green. So there'll be breakouts with the students and youth and there'll be a breakout for everybody of every other age, professions and others who wanna grapple with how to do shutdowns for 19 minutes, 73 seconds with medical professionals, with hospital workers, with stagehands, with bus drivers, with other sections of people. Two, we want, and we had last weekend in some other places to, in New York and some other places, these really, powerful young people who, who got together, like 30 of them, and just stormed all over New York City in bloody pants, green bandanas, and they bullhorns, and they challenged everybody everywhere they went to join the shutdown. We want to scale that up and do a weekend of green out. Or it's get out and green up, where you go out everywhere. Friday night at five o'clock, you gather and you do a green parade through the nightlife district, through the bars, the nightlife, the, the outdoor dining, and you're spreading the green, you're chanting, you're drawing people in, you're getting them to spread it on their social media. You're taking this into people's lives on Friday night, Saturday to the museums, to public gatherings, to busy parks. There's gonna be a workshop, a breakout that, that wrestles with this and makes plans for this. Really think big and wild and creative and infectious to spread the green, this symbol. And part of that workshop breakout is also going to include if there are people 
who want to do actions at the some of the very we want to invite the progressive churches mosques and synagogues to take up the green from the pulpit but also outside to go to some of these theocratic christian fascist churches that have been behind this assault and have protests in the green outside those churches and in some places they may be women in bloody pants with their bare chest painted green and let the church deal with the female body with defiance there's all kinds of ideas so there's that's the second workshop is the green out weekend just all kinds of wild ideas third we want on monday and that we've been getting requests for um civil disobedience nonviolent, and people saying isn't it time to shut it down isn't it time to put it on the line and absolutely there's many forms that people need to take but that is one of them so we want a workshop a breakout to get into the, those plans which include the theme we're proposing but you guys will enrich it in the breakout is um overturn row over our dead bodies die-ins disruptive die-ins and these could be you know five youth they could be 500 people they could be in a shopping mall that gums up macy's for 20 minutes or 10 minutes until you get kicked out or they could be a thousand people who go down to a major bridge or tunnel and lie down and say overturn row over our dead bodies disruptive die-ins in creative ways all over society with different levels of risk that you want to take but that's a way to gum up business as usual so these are the three kind of broad uh workshops that we want to invite people into to take the the vision the mission of stopping them from overturning row into society into practice um the very last thing or two last things i want to say and this is laying out the whole what we're going to work on um we are not going to do a breakout on this but we are going to announce all over the country um, and if you're in an area where there's not a chapter and you want to take responsibility for hosting this and anchoring this, you should write to us and let us know. We'll put it on the website. We are going to do day of decisions, day of the Supreme Court decision, convergences, protests, walkouts, rally on the spot, leave wherever you are and go into the streets and raise hell and day after. We're not going to take the time as a breakout. It's a fairly simple concept but we want to announce that now we're going to put that on the map we'll have convergences in every city because however this decision comes down we have to mark it with defiance and we have to prepare ourselves for the fight ahead if we back them up we're going to celebrate like crazy and the fascists are going to be pissed off and we'll have a fight still on our hands if we get a defeat in this round we're going to have a bigger fight on our hands we have to be in the streets and galvanize so we're going to do that and the final point of orientation um is that i was speaking to somebody and i think this typifies a lot so i want to share it here i was speaking to somebody with a great deal of influence and i said to them uh you could be a game changer in this if you threw in more fully and they said well how could i be a game changer why would the politicians listen to me any more than anybody else and this to me concentrated that we have to stop thinking about looking up and hoping that we could get somebody to listen and help us we are not looking up to those in power who have failed us. We are looking out at the millions and millions who don't want this to happen, and we are going to activate them. That's why we're doing green out. That's why we're spreading the green. That's why we're trying to deepen this into all the campuses and to the workplaces. And that's why we are envisioning things. Every action we take, every message we put is stop the Supreme Court from taking away abortion rights. Forced motherhood is female enslavement abortion on demand and without apology and into the streets and rise up for abortion rights 
all hands on deck. Everybody has a role to play. We're out there to recruit and to lead people to act. That was Sansara Taylor speaking on May 29th at a webinar for Rise Up for Abortion Rights. We're going to take a musical break, and I'm going to play a piece by experimental violinist Gabby Flukmogel. Someone recently turned me on to this artist, and it's challenging and very creative. That was Love Song from Gabby Flukmuckel. Now, a special announcement. This is Dolly Veal from the International Emergency Campaign to Free Iran's Political Prisoners Now. You're invited to join in an international roundtable live stream to solidarity with Iran's political prisoners' heroism for our time. It will be on June 10th, which is this coming Friday, from 2 to 4 p.m., Eastern Time. You will be joining a distinguished panel of activists from around the world to discuss why and how we can win the struggle to free Iran's political prisoners. This will be an informative and challenging session for all participants. It is being hosted by Fighting the Power, Global Movements for Social Justice Summer Session Class of Professor Alessandro Morrison. The students in this class will have heard about the new wave of extreme repression by the Islamic Republic of Iran in response to unprecedented uprisings in 2017 and 2019 that rocked all of Iranian society. We will hear about the continuing mass protests and intensified repressions up to today. The aim of this roundtable and discussion is to inform and energize cohere and activate students, academics, and social justice activists to join with the growing global movement to free the courageous dissidents in Iran. 
Several of the panelists are signers of the emergency appeal of the international emergency campaign. It is hoped that this event will engage many more people to sign and get the emergency appeal further into the public square with an urgency that can have concrete impact towards freeing the prisoners. The emergency appeal is the lives of Iran's political prisoners hang in the balance. We must act now. The speakers for this panel that's being sponsored by the Peace and Conflict Studies Johnson and Wright Funds of DePaul University are Shazad Mojab. She's a scholar and activist and professor at the Women and Gender Studies Institute and the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education at the University of Toronto, Canada. Hadi Gaimi has published and spoken extensively on the brutal treatment of Iran's political prisoners. Larry Everest, who is the author of Oral Power and Empire, Iraq and the U.S. Global Agenda. He is also a regular contributor to Revcom.us and a spokesperson for the International Emergency Campaign. Also with us will be Sitar Rahmani. He is a leader in the Mehran Raouf Solidarity Committee and a spokesperson for the International Alliance in support of workers in Iran. Mariam Claren, who is the daughter of the political prisoner Nahid Agavi. It will be moderated by Professor Alessandro Morrison of DePaul University. He is the professor of sociology and anthropology. And also I will be one of the moderators. This will be a very exciting panel, and we urge everybody to log on and join us. You can find the link, the Zoom link for the event at our website, freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org, and uh, click on the graphic that has the pictures of the speakers, and it will lead you to the events page where you can find the link. I hope to see everybody there. Before we hear from Anna from Rise Up for Abortion Rights, I want to play some audio from the protest at the Lakewood Church. This is from the Instagram Texas for Abortion, spelled T-X, the number four abortion. It's my body, my choice! Laws against abortion will not stop them from happening. Wielding the Bible as a weapon to control women, women's free choice, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. It's my body, my choice. It's my body, my choice. Overturn, bro. Hell no. My body, my choice. I am who I say I am. I do what I say to do because I have a choice. I have a choice. I have a choice. Clinic. 
the laws are coming from. So that you guys know that we're serious and we are not going to be backing down. Woo! Destroying lives, millions and millions and millions. Right now, seven million women and other people of reproductive age are being forced against the law if they were to become pregnant to carry that pregnancy to term. The United Nations, Amnesty International, and all human rights organizations nationally, internationally, say that forced pregnancy is a crime against humanity. And right now in Texas, forced pregnancy has been the law of the land for nine months. This causes psychological and physical... Now let's hear from Anna from Rise Up Los Angeles, answering questions sent to her by email. My name's Anna, Anastasia Steele. Usually people call me Anna. I'm, with, uh, I'm a lead organizer for Rise Up for Abortion Rights. And I'm just quickly here responding to Michael's emails. We need to be out there and need to prove that people should not be scared to go out there. And we, we should be saying, constantly yelling, post it hell no. Even if that means going to the Dodgers game, literally do anything like that. Go on fucking national TV. That's what we need to do in these times. Not just sit around the chair and do nothing. Yeah. On Sunday, June 5th, we had a big banner. It was says post row hell no in capital letters with the green fabric. We dropped off the banner in the very top group as we could. We had the banner up for maybe one to two to three minutes at maximum. We had issues trying to put it out there. So we had people supporting us with the banner drops, but I did, there was a lot of people against us as well at the same time. That was primarily about spreading the message across because we know that sporting events is very important to the American belief and the belief that Americans need to enjoy the game. And we needed to drop this banner to A, be on national TV and B, prove a point. With question two, on Sunday, June 5th, we had a few members from our Austin chapter go to Joel Osteen's church, the biggest church in Texas. We'd had them go out there with white pants and white, I believe, yeah, sports bras or bras-esque. And we had them say our mind. But what happened was with that. And when that happened, these ladies were escorted out and being told, this is not your space to do it. You should not be here. Keep this out of yourself. And then these ladies went out there trying to say, you're, you do this all the time with abortion clinics. You go out there, say, we're, we're the murderers. And we're just, we're out there trying to say our message. And completely, they were unapologetically not listening to us. Our main goal was just for them to listen to us and for them to not look at this as a bad thing. We're just trying to prove that we're tired of the Christian fascism, fascism that's been going on. This action specifically was meant to be a statement piece. Our action, our would rise up, we stand this thing of get on in the street, do stuff, literally action, put your body on the line. And with this action, it proved that we're not scared of Christian fascism. We're not scared of these people in churches doing this. We're going out there to them directly. We're literally saying, we don't care anymore. We're tired. One of our members is, I'm sure it's an organizer. She was brave enough to go out there, even getting kicked out, explaining they're, a, they're willing to get us, they're willing to be in front of our abortion clinics and say, this is legal. Why cannot we do this? It is a statement piece to prove that if they can do that, why can't we do this? On question three, so we do, uh, just to slightly inform people on die-ins, just because we do multiple types of die-ins. So die-ins are basically like you get on the floor or whatever, you wear bloody pants. So that's what we do for abortion. So that's like, and 
just block roads, block whatever you can. And they're happening right now specifically. It's because if you don't know the, the, the idea of, you know, women do botched abortions and they have blood all over them. And we're just trying to show people this is what happens when abortion becomes illegal in a country. We show that we cannot allow this. And recently, I believe it was yes, yes, yesterday. It was yesterday on Monday the 6th. We went out there um, during, uh, it was the Sheraton. The Sheraton, we went out there Monday the 6th. We, got, we did a small die-in because we knew global leaders were coming out, Kamala Harris, Biden. And I believe Harris, Kamala Harris was speaking there. And we wanted to show them what we mean. And we did it peacefully. We are not violent. We are peaceful people. We wanted to show that Rise Up was there. And what we did was in those die-ins, and why these are happening is when you do the die-ins, people see the urge that women are willing to go out there, put their bodies on the line. And we did was we did there. Two people did a die-in on the floor. Two people were holding banners, yelling, rise up for abortion rights. Post throw, hell no. We will not accept this nonsense. And we want these global leaders to listen. That's why we did a die-in there specifically. But these die-ins are drastically important to sending your message out because it is literally putting your body on the line. This Thursday, there was plans to do a 19, 19 minutes and 73 seconds walkout whenever you are. This is a part of the shift that Sansara Taylor was talking about. What are your plans? As we know, Roe v. Wade was an, made legal in 1973. And we do know it's 20 minutes and 13 seconds, but it is more thematic for 1973. 19 minutes and 72 seconds. We, we wanted people to, businesses, walk out for 19 minutes and 73 seconds. Schools do the same. And our plans were to spread the message. And schools will, did willingly do it. Now, we wanted to do this because if you spread out the message, 19 minutes and 73 seconds, we wanted to show that this is a thematic year for Roe v. Wade, when Roe v. Wade was passed. And we cannot. We're doing everything we can to embed the message on the people and us just suffering the system that we've been living, the capitalist system, by saying walking out. We are, A, doing two things by showing that our plan was walk out. So way we can send a message out and hurt what is traditionally the American values. And that's what we do. Put our actions on the line. Show what we were going to do. And successfully, we had some small stuff, but I cannot confirm about other chapters, but LA, we did get events happening. I am sure that school, we know that some school kids went out there out of their way. Now that we had a uh, backlash, we definitely had massive backlash. And about the, we, and about, we had a plan for the Summit of Americas. Summit of Americas, if most people don't know, I'll sum it up really quickly. It's kind of like a time where global leaders meet. So we know that Biden, Harris, uh, and some some Latin American leaders and some other leaders are showing up. We want people to be out there so that, A, we can protest and be peaceful. We are not willing to threaten these leaders. We're not violent. We are, non, we are a nonviolent organization. In Summit, what we plan on doing was on Thursday, we, on three, come out. We're going to do a small protest. We might do a die-in. We don't know. We're just going to try to spread the message out that 
We want Biden to listen to us. Please protect Roe v. Wade. This is an important cause. If you are a pro-choice president, we're going to put our bodies on the line so you listen. And we don't want to hurt you. We want to be as peaceful as humanly possible. And we want to show our message. Post-Roe, hell no. Rise up for abortion rights. You know, this is the message that we want to show. And we're going to prove this in summit by show, even the world leaders that when they come out, we want to see that, oh, America's, we're willing to fight for this in America. An inspiring message too that what we want is just women's rights. You know, when women don't, when women don't have rights, women aren't free. And that's what we say specifically in our messages. And number, number five, this question has come up. What does this experience at the draft Supreme Court uh, decision mean? And what does it not mean? It, I've heard people say dare to struggle, dare to win. What do people need to struggle and how do they win? Well, with Rise Up specifically, we know that this draft was kind of like, we kind of say like a bomb, but in a good light, in a good way. This was a meant for action. And we mean struggle as in we want you not to be in the armchair right now. We want you all to use any passion, any bit of anger you can. And this is going to be a struggling fight. We are fighting a two-sided war here. And we want people to win by putting themselves on the line, giving up what you can, literally doing everything you can by doing small actions. Rise Up has done actions to, by literally everything, by protests, rallies, walkouts, everything. And we want you to, in a way, go out there by winning this way. We say, but from one of our organizers, Luna, we say, she told me, the, even the right to vote was not won by voting. It was won by putting ourselves out there. And we need to put ourselves out there in these times. And we will win by showing these Christian fascists in the Supreme Court that we will not stand down. We will not just give up. We will not just say, we'll vote in November. No, 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 no. We will not wait. We will put that whatever time clock we have left to do anything we can to win. And this is what it means to winning, meaning protests, die-ins, walkouts. Um, what else? What, literally, put banner drops, anything, whatever you can put your time in, do it. These are the, this is time for you to act. Okay, uh, number six, Supreme Court may come out with the decision any day. What are the plans for the day of and the day after, no matter what the ruling says? Well, currently, this is our current plans, and I cannot, and I would say, if we win or lose, we will still fight this fight. We want to win. Our main goal is to win this fight. This fight is not one we plan on losing. We plan on doing whatever we can. And when that decision leaks, we will not cry in fear, but what we will do, we will unite as a people, as women, non-binary people, men, anywhere. This does not affect you. This affects everyone, trans, trans men, everyone. This is affect everyone. We want all of you, even if we, even Roe v. gets overturned, we do not want this. If it does get overturned, we want you to help us in these times. If you could find a local one, whatever, help a friend, anything. We want you to go out. We want you to go out, even if you win or lose. Win, if you win, we're going to cheer happy. We're proud of honor with how much work we've done. If we 
unfortunately doesn't go well, we're going to have to fight this still. This is not a give up, throw in the towels vote. This is not a give up. It's use your energy, passion to go out and fight. And number seven, how do people get in touch and join the fight? Well, easy. It's pretty simple for actually to join this fight. This fight, all you have to do is would rise up, just come. The website is rise up for the number four, abortionrights.org. If you want to reach out, hit up our Instagram, sign up. Literally, just reach out towards us. If you have a local chapter nearby you, join that. Find the organizers. Join our, join our rallies, literally. Whatever you can. If you, if you can't join a chapter, ask Rise Up if you can start your own chapter. We're willing to reach out, do whatever we can. But all you need to do is, if you, if you don't have any other, other options, riseupforabortionrights.org. We have a sign-up sheet. You can sign up with us. And literally, we will find whatever works best for you. We are there for everyone out there. We're willing to fight for everyone's cause. The website is rise up the number four abortionrights.org. Go on the website and uh, we'll, we, you can reach out towards us. But right now in these times, we just want everyone to be in together. We, we don't want, we don't have time to vote. We don't have time to vote. We want everyone just to come up. So please help us in these times. Even if you could donate towards us, every goes to the bandanas, our supplies, we are self-funded, we are donation funded, and we literally rely on your guys to help out. And we need your time in these all times. Everyone who's pro-choice, pro-LGBT, pro, you know, very liberals should be all teaming together. So if you can, join the fight. This is not the time to relax. One more clip from the struggle for abortion rights. Here's a message from Guido Reichsdoctor right before he chained himself to the infamous fence surrounding the U.S. Supreme Court. So this is the first time I've ever been arrested. I've never gone to jail for anything. I'm like, really not a, I'm not a, some radical dude. I'm just, I'm just a dad and I can't sit back while my daughter's rights are taken away. And I, it, it's, it's just unbelievable to me that the streets aren't already full of thousands of dads. Really, I just can't believe it. So that's why I've got to be here. I can't be anywhere else. It's just not an option for me. My understanding is you also are starting a hunger strike uh, over this. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm beginning the first day of a hunger strike today and I'm gonna be hunger striking in front of the Supreme Court every day until the Supreme Court rules or until thousands of people show up in the street. And I started last night. My friend Max and I slept outside in front of the Supreme Court. They didn't let us bring a tent, but we slept in sleeping bags. So um, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's a sacrifice that is absolutely worth making. If by doing that, I can reach the hearts of people in this country and call them into action. Because there's so many of us. There's, we're so many. We absolutely have the power when we unite and organize 
we could easily, a small fraction of, of us, could peacefully bring the function of this government to a halt, peacefully, until our demand, which is completely reasonable, is met. We don't want to roll back the human rights of this country 50 years. There's nothing radical about that. The radical thing is thinking that six people, or however many on this court, are going to unilaterally destroy the rights of tens of millions of people. That is obscene. It's absolutely, it's not tolerable, and I'm not going to stand for it. And you shouldn't stand for it. None of us should. Now let's hear Bob Avakian, leader of the Revolutionary Communist Party and author of The New Communism. Free yourself from the GTF. In confronting and moving to prevent this, one of the biggest obstacles standing in the way and weighing people down is American chauvinism. The disgusting notion that America and Americans are better and more important than everybody else. This is a poison infecting people broadly in this country even among the bitterly oppressed. And there is a great need for people to break with this American chauvinism. Free yourself from the GTF, the great tautological fallacy. A fallacy, an idea or way of thinking that is false, wrong. A tautology, a round in a circle way of reasoning that asserts something and then claims to prove it by merely asserting the same thing again. So the great tautological fallacy to which I am referring is the notion that America is a force for good in the world. And therefore, whatever it does is good, or at least done with good intentions, even if the same thing, when done by other forces, especially by forces opposed to us, is bad, is evil, because because America is a force for good in the world. <laughs> Thus, in the grip of the great tautological fallacy, when one is told by the authorities and government and the media, etc., that North Korea developing a small number of nuclear weapons and a few long-range ballistic missiles poses a grave threat, one does not question. One does not ask why that is a grave threat while the only country ever to use nuclear weapons, the United States, having thousands of nuclear weapons and the capability to use them anywhere in the world is somehow not a grave threat. All right, you can find a lot more from Bob Avakian, and you should look for a lot more from Bob Avakian at revcom.us. And that brings us to the end of yet another show. I want to thank my assistant producer, Henry Carson, my production assistant, Jeff Pryor, and each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to share your thoughts and ideas about the show, or if you want to volunteer to be part of the show, write to me at mslate at themichaelslateshow.com. Once again, that's mslate at themichaelslateshow.com. We're going to go out now with Fiona Apple, Under the Table. I would beg to disagree, but beg and disagrees with me. I would beg to disagree, but beg and disagree with me I told you I didn't want to go to this dinner 
You know I don't go for those ones that you bother about. So when they say something that makes me start to simmer, that fancy wine won't put this fire out. Oh, kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. I'd like to buy you a pair of pillows, old hiking boots, to help you with your climb. Or rather, to help the bodies that you step over along your route, so they won't hurt like mine. All you want, I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Kick me to the table. All you want, I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Kick me under the table. All you want, I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Kick me under the table. Don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you shush me. Ah! 